I think I've got it. Courage, compassion, and wonder. Courage, compassion, and wonder. Courage, compassion, wonder. Flow, mistakes, wonders. Love, growth. Courage, compassion, wonder. Flow, mistakes, wonders. Love, growth. This is the Ike's in your pocket. Let's get to work. The Ike's in your pocket, number 11. It's been a few months. Hello, y'all. We've been busy as life has happened. Um, last we spoke on the podcast, we had just finished Camp Out. Kyle, Uni, and I uh, were doing a recap. And since then, a few things have happened. Uni went on to get his yoga teacher training. Uh, Kyle went to Burning Man. We went back to school. I've recently started training for boxing again um, with the goal of trying to take an amateur fight in 2020 at some point. Uh, it's kind of an old promise to my dad, so I've been doing that. Uh, been really focusing on self-care piece and just strategizing for the upcoming times of Yikes. So it's been a real good time for grounding and reflection. Um, and taking it back in and reassessing for ourselves and we've got some uh, cool news and some goals that we've set for the future um, we'll, sh- we'll be sharing it on a podcast coming up now that we're back in the swing of things that will be coming up right after this one with Ikari but um, to keep it short but to let you know is we are shooting to get our own EIX community center uh, in 2020 and then later this fall we'll be launching our connection building card game that we're working on that's currently being designed and then we're going to be hopefully manufacturing that uh, in the next few weeks to be ready for the holiday season so those are a few things that we'll probably get more into the details of but I don't want to take too much time um, but obviously want to give you a fill in um, but today's podcast is with none other than no one <laughs> None other than Dakari, who is an important member of our community, somebody who um, Unimet and Skid Row through events and the work that they're doing in that community. So it was a beautiful connection to begin with. Um, and then Dakari took a chance, came out to camp out. Wonderful dude. It took us three times to get this podcast. EX in your pocket, number 11. Stay with it. Dakari shares some wonderful things about how... Um, he got connected with us and the work that he's been doing and what he'll be doing with EIX in the community. So he'll be doing our workshop, which is tomorrow, wonderful Wednesday. He'll be leading a collage workshop. We'll be at As We Dwell in the Arts District. And then next week for our Halloween EIX, um, Halloween party, which is a fundraiser for our community service program. He'll be doing all vinyl sets. So he's been practicing here at the house. And actually this podcast we had him just stop in the middle of practicing for his vinyl set um, to re-record for the third time and we just sat down put the put the mic on the cooler sat down on the couches and obviously the mic didn't work because it just recorded off of the computer but we had a really really full conversation Um, check it out and we will be back soon enough and until then enjoy the wisdom that is dakari yeah, what's up? Hi. Hi. Hello, hello. Checkity, check, check. Number 11 with Dakari. <laughs> it's us. Do you remember us? <laughs> In a few months. 
we actually had Dakari. We we actually recorded one a few months ago, uh, a few months ago, right around the last one, probably yeah. closer like August. That was a good one. I mean, I had food in my mouth, so like, I yeah, mean, yeah. like you probably heard that. <laughs> so some people probably would be turned off. By it, so. I mean, food in your mouth, one on one in Ray's bedroom, so it kind of goes with the yeah. vibe. That was seafood. That was uh, I was ruining Dakari's seafood in the kitchen. Yeah, that's my weakness. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So that one was we got into it. So we'll probably reference some of it uh, as we talk. But that was a lot of like the genesis of Dakari in California. How you got to California, coming from mm. Cleveland to Pittsburgh, out here. And so I think we wanted to share this one. This was big because it's been dope to see you come into the community, into the fold, which started with taking the leap, meeting uni in Skid Row, yeah. and then taking the leap to come to camp out without any service, and yeah. then just from there it's blossomed to now, you'll be leading our workshop for Wonderful Wednesday next week for uh, doing collage art, and then DJing for Halloween X. A vinyl set. Yeah, that's <laughs> going to be cool. fun. I'm really looking forward to that vinyl set. Yeah, man. Only Sir Oliver has been the only other one to really? do all vinyl set. I actually asked him if I can borrow a couple of records. Oh, okay. I don't think he has um, anything that matches what I'm trying to play, though. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, though. <laughs> yeah, the car actually took... He's actually taking a break right now. He's been practicing at the house, so... He yeah. literally took a break, and so <laughs> we sat down, put the mic on the cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Struggling a little bit trying to put this set together, honestly. I mean... I have the meat of the set together, but I'm trying to find like a, a nice groovy um, intro to play for like at least the first 20 minutes to allow people to come in and I can play all the mm -hmm. shit that I really, really want to play. Mm -hmm. Like later, once the place starts filling up and all that. So mm -hmm. I think it'd be fun though. And is DJing something that you've been doing for a while? I've never done it before. Yeah. I've, never, <laughs> I've never played music for people before. I... I basically collect records and listen to them on my own. Just sit at home and drink wine and listen yeah. to records. Yeah. Get fat. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I really admire about Dakari is you're you're just like down to say yes and like go for it. Yeah, I, I take leaps, and that's like a fairly new thing for me. Um, I think I spent a large part of my life being afraid of trying uh, trying things that I have always wanted to do and. I got to a point where I realized I was holding me back from stuff, so I was just like, I'm about to just start jumping into stuff. Like, if it sucks, it sucks. If it doesn't, great. Yeah. You know? But, like, this in particular, like, I mean, I, I, just, I didn't have faith. I have faith in my, in my taste in music, so I think people will, at the very least, people will dance yeah. to what I play, but, I mean, I'm trying to give everyone a fair warning that my transitions might be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with vinyl sets, it's, it's, it's a lot harder than digitally. Yeah, yeah. I've I've tried digital before. I mean, just on my own, but um, I can definitely say it's way easier than vinyl. Yeah, there's like a whole other technical aspect to it. Yeah. yeah. What is your mindset coming into it? Like, as prepping, or just like having no experience? This is my first time. Like, what's your? Um, I want to play the stuff that everyone loves, but will be so shocked that I have the record. And then I also want to play things that um, that people haven't heard of. So like my main thing, I think, is to like get people hip to something that they haven't heard, but still make them move. Yeah, yeah. I 
lot of thought going into it. I can tell. Yeah. You're back here, like, prepping, you're like, going yeah. the records. Yeah. I'm really, really, really passionate about music. Um, I, I actually really wanted to be a DJ when I was a kid. Um, but I, just, I never got the equipment. I, I was trained on it from uh, this uh, this hip-hop camp thing I went to. Um, they had, like, actual, like, legendary DJs come in to, like, teach a class of, like, how to set up a turntable and, like, how to, like, loop stuff and all that and, it's, like, different scratches and all that stuff. Um, I actually was taught how to do the basics of DJing by uh, Grand Wizard Theodore, who is actually the guy that invented the scratch. Like, he's the dude that that discovered the scratching sound on the turntable. Like, he came into our camp and taught us a workshop. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then, um, along with him, me, uh, my cousin was actually in this as well. Me and my cousin both um, had a very small lesson on how to like scratch and like DJ and stuff like that from Grandmaster Flash. Oh shit. Yeah. Like we were really, really yeah. young though. I want to oh, say you like, have, like royalty. 14, yeah, royalty 14, to your lineage. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So like just learning from from OGs like that, like triple OGs, matter of fact, mm-hmm. fuck OGs. Like, like triple OGs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um I, I don't know, I feel like just playing music, even for myself, is kind of like paying homage to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like saying thank you for introducing this art form to us. That's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Halloween. <laughs> yes, it's going to be fun. <sighs> Wear your best costume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, man. I mean, just like that, the saying yes nature of yourself. I mean, the first time I met you was at the um, Skidrow History Museum Visions of Freedom exhibit. Really? That was the first time? The first time I met you. Because I remember seeing one of your collages up on the wall it was the one with a dude it was like the oversized dude and it was like over the piano and i think yeah. it was in like a congress hall or something yeah. like that i remember just like looking at that and i was like <laughs> who did this right and then by the end of the night i remember i was like lingering by it and then you like came up and you were like yo what up and i was like hey this, did you do this one and then later i met you again at lamp yeah at like the arts jam and then i realized oh shit you work there i can't believe that was the first time we met Yo. I thought we met way before that. Yeah. Damn. And then I told you about Camp Out. We were like starting to plan it. Mm-hmm. And that's when you first were like, I'm down. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Be like, I was looking to just get into something new at the time. Um, and I didn't ask you too many questions. No, you just I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to know too much about it. I, um, I think I thought that it was going to be like some like youth Christian camp or something like that. Yeah, like yeah, going to yeah. be a bunch of kids yeah. and just like singing Jesus songs and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was yeah. like, if it's that, it'll be a funny experience. It's uh, pretty close. You want to say that? <laughs> I mean, I got I got pretty pretty wasted that Saturday night. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I don't get hangovers ever. I think I can count on both hands when I was ever had a hangover in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the nights. <laughs> <laughs> Because you were saying, I remember when we talked, you were saying that you went up, you lost reception, and you, you oh hit like God. a couple yeah. couple rough spots where you were like, yeah. I might just turn around. It took me, it, sh- it should have only taken me like 45 minutes to get there from where I was. It took me two hours to get there because yeah. I got lost like really bad. But it was because um, 
that one street that we had to go down for like nine miles, I thought that I had, that I had made the nine miles by a certain point. So I kept turning around thinking I missed the, mm. the spot I was supposed to turn into. And then like, I, I think I did it like three times. And um, one of the times I was like, I'm about to just give up and just go home. Like this, this just isn't working. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was like, all right, I'm going to try one more time. It's going to go much further than I went. And then I found the process was good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a trip, man. Like, yeah. Just knowing your Genesis story or the, how mm-hmm. you came from Cleveland to Pittsburgh and into here and then like meeting you in Skid Row and then, yeah. and then you having just like the say yes mentality to mm-hmm. then like next week is going to be the collaging workshop for a wonderful Wednesday, which is like yeah, a big yeah. deal for us, like putting on those That's workshops. a big deal for me. That'll be the, the biggest... I, I think it'll be the biggest collage workshop I've done. So I'm kind of nervous about it. I think I'll be good, but um, just kind of uh, nervous about people actually getting something out of it. I don't want it to be like how my smaller scale workshops are to where it's like kind of just like a free range kind of thing just because like my teaching style is different. My philosophy with Teaching art is different. I don't believe that there's a right or wrong way to make art. I always tell people that when you're making art, it's your expression. That's what makes it art. It's like, if it's an actual expression that comes from you, then that's what that is. Mm -hmm. But I think that almost gives too much freedom for like a workshop. There should always be freedom in art, but I think that that way of thinking that I have gives it too much freedom and just like for this workshop in particular, I want to have a little bit more structure to it, so I'm thinking of a game plan mm-hmm. for, for that that can actually give people a little bit of guidance, but also give them the freedom that they need to actually make a collage and be happy with it. I'm curious, like, how you ended up landing in collage art, because I see you wearing, like, the dollar bill tee yeah. right now, and I've bought, like, we've gotten some of your shirts, you know, the collages yes. are dope, man, and, and the zine. I think it's like so fascinating that you've yeah. actually created a whole body of work around collage art. How did you end up, or what does it do for you? How did you end up doing that? Um, so I guess I, I, I have to start way from the beginning to like put everything into perspective. Um, I have been doing graphic design for probably like 15 years. Um, and that was just kind of the, uh, the skeleton to what, it is I was really trying to do at that time. What I really was trying to do was uh, was like fashion design by way of graphic design though. I was just gonna do like t-shirts and hoodies and just all other kind of merch that would go with it. But I first had to learn how to do graphic design. And then um, I ended up launching a clothing brand fresh out of high school, like halfway through my senior year, I launched this brand called Lane Brotherhood. Um, and uh, the first few years, it was like pretty successful for for me just going out there and just trying it. Um, I was just selling t-shirts and hoodies and stuff like that out of my mom's house and like out of the trunk of cars at festivals and stuff. And I made a lot of money the first couple of years doing that. And I even made some, uh, some pretty good connections. Like I actually worked with, um, sort of kind of worked with Wiz Khalifa a little bit the first mm-hmm couple of years into it, you know, because I lived in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. This was right when he had just blown up, so he was still in Pittsburgh, but just traveling and all that, so, like, I caught him at the perfect time. So it's, like, pre-Black and Yellow, or is it... It was right before Black and Yellow, okay. like right before. Yeah. Um, we kind of, we stayed in touch a little bit 
as that song started to blow up and then he just got too big and it was just like <laughs> the rest of the world got their hands on him yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah which was cool man because he was super supportive um um what he what i used to do was uh i would um his uh, his road manager will would come to my dorm in pittsburgh and just get a bunch of clothes for me and give them to all the taylor gang and like Wiz Khalifa's girlfriend, his mom, all of them. Um, and I was, I was like 18, 19 years old at that time. Just like, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be famous. Like, that was like the, the shit that I cared about back then, yeah. <laughs> I guess. But uh, it was it was cool. I, I saw a lot of success early on with the brand. And then I kind of started falling out of it a little bit, just from like turbulence within the actual business of mm-hmm. doing fashion and stuff like that and just like seeing how cutthroat the business is. Like people will just flat out steal your ideas and that's just that. They put it out first. It's it's theirs. Especially right. if it catches on mm-hmm. they see some kind of success from it. Mm-hmm. So I mean that maybe happened once or twice or whatever, but I mean that kind of just comes with it. But I just started falling out of love with fashion so I was still doing graphic design and uh, I would, you know, post stuff online. I had a Tumblr at the time where I post my graphic design mm-hmm. stuff on Tumblr. And then I think one day I came across this collage artist and I, I saw his work. I'm like, damn, that's, that's really cool. You know, like I, I might want to try that. I actually had a, um, I had a big box of magazines that this guy that, uh, that went to, the church that I grew up in, who he's in the fashion industry. He just like he heard I was going to school for fashion, so he donated a bunch of fashion magazines for me to study. Mm. And they were just sitting in sitting in his box in the corner of my room and I never did anything with them. I was supposed to study them and never really did. Flipped through them a couple of times, but that was it. Um, but in this particular time when I saw the collage artist, I'm like, I got some magazines right here. Mm. I can see what I can do with that. And then I made a few of them and I just instantly fell in love with it. I'm like this is dope I gotta keep doing this so ever since then I was like back in 2013 I think I've been doing it ever since what, like, what about it made you fall in love with it do you think it was different than what I was used to because I'm doing graphic design which is mostly digital like I'm on Adobe Photoshop and Illustrator 24-7 basically but actually making art with collage is like this is like with my hands I'm mm-hmm. like, just like no computer involved it's like I'm just making this out of these images, building building a an image that doesn't exist out of images that do exist. Mm. You know? I mean in a lot of ways it's like sampling. It's like exactly, sampling yeah. beats. And I didn't I didn't even see that until like a few years ago. Like that's the kind of music I've always been to. I grew up off of mm. like just like um, lo fi hip hop kind mm. of stuff. Um and uh, I just kind of I don't know. I, I think once I started developing, actually developing a, a style that it's like, like you know, you know that that's my style when you see the collage work that I made. That's when I started realizing like, oh, this is like very similar to just like sampling music, mm-hmm. even down to the way that I collect magazines. Like yeah. I'll go to, I'll go to a bookstore. I used to go to this bookstore in Cleveland called Max Backs. Um, I would just go there with a box and twenty bucks, and they had like a table in the basement that was just stacked full of National Geographic magazine for like 25 cents, 50 cents. So I would just go there and fill up my box every time and just leave with a big ass box full of yeah. magazines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly like crazy. <laughs> That's 
yeah, my experience going to the the collage workshop because I I was one of those people where if you I my drawing style hasn't changed from like the second grade yeah. like all just draw stick figures or like really <laughs> bubbly abstract figures, but yeah. the collage is really it was wild because I think I had a Walt Disney around the world travels like culture book that was from like the 60s or the uh, 70s. I know what book you're talking about. Yeah. And so that it was just like these vibrant cultures like trapped in time. And then I took some nature magazines. And then it was like, oh, I have a point of view here. Where it was just like super abstract and this was just like a Disney thing. But when I, as I started putting images and words together, yeah. it actually like created like some sort of resonance and it's very like magical because it's taking different elements that you probably would never come across had I not been in that yeah yeah and it's like straight like from grade school I, have, I put it up on the fridge it's up on the fridge <laughs> and I look at it and it's like that's my shit man that's my shit that's my collage art <laughs> so I yeah I think there's like a magic to collage art it, it is yeah. very much like creating like even when I look through samples like online or stuff like that when I'm mm -hmm. just listening to music it's just like when you hear one and then you hear another and you're like, oh yeah. shit, that can go together. Exactly. There's, mm -hmm. there's something about much like mixing probably when that, mm -hmm. yeah. whatever it is for you and those synapses start going and you're like, yeah. this is it. Yeah. It's, it's very therapeutic too. Yeah. Like more so than you know, any other form of art that I've touched. Like I've painted for years. Um, obviously did graphic design for a really long time. Um, I did fashion design, which is like super technical and just, just not for me, um, but collage. It just I don't know. It, there's something about it that's really relaxing. It's like a different kind of focus that's required of you yeah. for doing it. And then um, I don't know. It's just a. It's a. It's a feeling that I became addicted to. Mm -hmm. I'll say, um, but it, it's, and that's not to say that I'm just like obsessed with collage art. I really like my collage mm -hmm. art, but. I'm not a huge, huge fan of just like other collage artists mm -hmm. like that. Like I, I can appreciate it, but I just really like what feeling I get from making collages mm -hmm. rather than just like that's not that's not like the only form of yeah, like yeah. Like I, I think that's like a, a common misconception with me. I have people send me like a specific artists that make collage and be like, Oh yeah, check this out, you might like this. And I was like, oh, it's <laughs> yeah, more for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like there's no shade to any other collage yeah. artists yeah. or anything, but um, I don't know. It's it's a it's a, it's a really different thing, and I'm enjoying exploring myself as a creative through collage. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. way different than anything else I've ever done. It's probably the form of art other than drawing that I've stuck to for the longest. Yeah, I started yeah. off drawing when I was a kid. That was the very first form of art that yeah. I did, and I was drawing from my early childhood all the way up to teenage years but by the time teenage years came around i was doing like graffiti art type mm -hmm. stuff yeah. mm -hmm. which then turned into my love for fashion mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i really love the i don't know i really think it's gonna be really great next week just because um like i think we grow up in boxes so once I quit the piano when I was in kindergarten or first grade, and I was like, I'm going to play basketball, right? Then all of a sudden, I'm in the box of, like, I'm an athlete. Mm. I'm not a, I'm not creative. I'm not an artist, right? I, yeah, yeah. You give me a pen or, like, a, a paintbrush, it's like, oh, no, I can't do that, right? It's like, yeah. that's not me. I'm, I'm a sports player, right? Okay. But I feel like, 
like what you said earlier where it's like this is there's no rules to this it's just expressing yourself yeah. and whatever comes out that's what mm-hmm. the art is right yeah. and, um, I've really enjoyed as I've gotten older trying to break out of that thinking of like I can't do this or that because that's right. not me and just yeah. like starting to explore things just just for mm-hmm. me just to express yeah. me, just to see what that's like yeah I, I can definitely relate to that I, I think I, I was definitely like that at one point in my life but now I I have this confidence in my ability to to uh, conquer anything that I try and actually put my mind to. So I really, really, really hate doubting myself. Yeah. Just when it comes to my ability to to do something, yeah. like I, I I hate to tell myself that this isn't me. I can't do this. I I now know that with the mind that I do have now that. As long as I put my mind to it and I spend enough time with it, I can do that. For yeah, sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's how the, it's it's just so therapeutic, like just mm-hmm. sitting there and just making art. And I think yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to collaging because I haven't done it much, but more so than drawing, like I'm not having to create the images from scratch, which is I think is a hurdle for like for me personally. And so <laughs> me too. getting to like yeah. manipulate already created images and mm-hmm. tell whatever story I want to tell. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, Dakari, um, luxury of just being like, we have jobs, but we could just keep the work super pure. Mm-hmm. But then there's also this concept now of like, let's go all in. We need to go all in yeah. and like, not hold anything back. Um, I think one thing, which is like, I'm, I'm really, really not good at this, but I'm trying to master marketing myself over social media just because like that's the easiest best way to reach everyone right now um so trying to to uh because that's that's i feel like that's a whole art in itself you have to devote so much of yourself to it um so like what i try to do is just like still stay myself but just like try to get it out to as many people as i can so that i at least have that avenue of of um of income coming from also having a job and then just like you know doing the the uh collage workshop kind of stuff yeah. it's like trying to trying to basically just trying to like sell my art i know it's i know it 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 works for uh it, it, at least to like to, to to be able to, to sell it but um i i think that if i could just master um social media marketing and um, just getting my website out there again, like getting traffic on, on a website. That's like a, a another avenue for me to, to make some kind of income. Because right now I have two forms of income, just selling my art just through like word of mouth and people seeing it from like street art type stuff or um, my job, my full-time job. So it's creating multiple means of income, but all of it being art related mm. for me mm-hmm. is like the the ideal mm-hmm. way yeah. did you ever find that when you were trying to go full time with your art or you were at some point just trying to go, mm-hmm. did that, I, did I, that I affect was, the output of what you were making um it, it went it went really perfectly with the way my life was going because I actually I was I was a full time artist artist for two years and at that time was when I had just started recognizing that I have this particular style 
of art. So I was having a lot of fun with it. So I had a large output mm-hmm. of it anyway. Mm-hmm. So at the same time of me finding that out, I was also doing the full-time artist thing. So it was like, I'm constantly doing shows, um, constantly painting murals, traveling around the country and just doing all kind of art related stuff. And it was, it worked, but I will say it worked because I didn't live in California yet where the cost of living is three times higher than what it is in Cleveland. Yeah. Like I was, I was cool in, in Cleveland paying my 575 bucks a month for my one bedroom mm-hmm. and, yeah. <laughs> and my a hundred dollars yeah. for my studio downtown. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like that shit is like not even possible here right now like it's yeah. it's a i mean it, it is possible but just where i am in my career it's not really yeah. uh feasible just yet do you do you believe that having to do something like for the business or right or for livelihood can essentially like kill a certain aspect of the creativity or take joy out of it if, if that's the one thing that you have to continually focus on, like producing and selling? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. But that also, that also goes hand in hand with, um, with you not, at least for me, I feel like it's really funny. Like it's, it's fun for me and it works for me because I really, really, really love collage art and I can pump it out so much. But like for someone that's doing something and there's like, they enjoy doing it, but it's it's kind of taxing on them. Like it might be a whole other story. Yeah. Collage is not that for me though. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I enjoy it. I have I have probably thousands of collages that I can just like recycle, you know, mm-hmm. give because what works what what's what's really cool is that I have creative blocks multiple times a year. There'll be weeks where I can't make anything. And during that time I can just go back to something I made a few years ago and try to just push that. Because yeah. I have so, I just have so much of it. That's a dope tip it to <laughs> to be to keep what you're pumping out or what is viable for you like very sustainable for your soul mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. very efficient on, on what you're doing. Yeah, if you love it unconditionally the way that I do, yeah. then it's it's pretty simple there. You know, you can definitely make that happen for yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially with like collage is like kind of like popular as fuck right now. There's a lot of people just coming out of the woodwork, just becoming collage artists right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. I, I think there's just like a, a, a nice market for that. So, it it just works right now more than uh, than anything else. I mean, it's, it sucks that there's like a trend to it because yeah. that means yeah. it'll die down eventually. But mm-hmm. um, right now, it's, it's a good, I guess it's a good time to be a collage artist. People mm-hmm. are leaning towards that kind of, and if, was there like a certain theme in which you create your content? I feel like I see some threads, but I don't know what's quite now. Um, it changes here and there, but I think one thing that I try to do is to recreate that feeling that you have when you're dreaming. You know, you know, like when you're having a dream and something is really, really out of the ordinary, but you don't realize how out of the ordinary it is until you wake up and think about it. Mm. Like I try to recreate that with the images that I, that I create. Like to have the to have the the image fit together so well, but just based on the subject matter of each individual piece, it just doesn't make sense mm-hmm. in reality. Mm-hmm. I try to I definitely try to recreate that. So the shirt you're wearing, does it have a specific meaning to you? 
No, it's funny. I was just talking to my, like, one of my friends the other day about the meaning behind our, uh, our pieces. Um, most of my pieces, I don't put an actual meaning behind it, but I do set it up to where the viewer kind of comes up with what the meaning is for themselves. We do that real quick. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about. So it's a. It's the Cardi shirt has a big one dollar bill across the chest. Uh, in the middle, it looks like King King Tut holding uh, a staff, and then on the left, it has uh, two basketball players, really high shorts, maybe from like the 60s, 70s playing. And then on the right side is a kid playing basketball, might be from like the 70s, has a striped shirt. Mm -hmm. And in the upper right hand corner of the dollar bill there's like a red kind of like a red seven that that goes across the upper left corner and down the right side mm. and then below the dollar bill it says this um kind of like wavy yellow font yeah i love hearing people say yeah that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> for me i got two things that came to mind one is um the boy on the right dribbling the basketball and then the men on the left with the dollar bill in the background and like I could interpret the middle King Tut as like um, prosperity or some sort of like mm. passage. So the young boy becoming um, the professional ball player, mm. but if you need like the money or like you mm. need to go through that phase mm. of, a pro of a figuring out contracts and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and the other is more of a like uh, people of color were kings and rulers back in the day. But now they're relegated to more like athletes and Damn. gladiators or like, you know, yes. kind of like yes. that. And yeah. the almighty dollar, I feel like, kind of has created that situation. Damn, that's really, really, really deep. Yeah. I definitely was not. Yeah, that. yeah, 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 that's <laughs> nice. That's, that's, <laughs> but that's, that's exactly what I'm saying, though. Like, yeah. I, I create the images for the viewer to come up with what that meaning is. Like, mm -hmm. I don't spend time thinking about. I don't spend too much time. Sometimes there are pieces where that is exactly what I did. Um, there's a, a really popular piece that I have with um, there's like a, a an old TV set and like a bunch of Disney mascots surrounding the TV set and they're looking at the TV from behind. And then there's um, this uh, this older kind of middle aged guy and this younger kind of this younger woman. I think one of them has like a really long, like weird nose, yeah. and on the on the screen of the TV is Donald Trump and Mike Pence kind of like kissing mm -hmm. on stage. <laughs> like that is like a super popular piece, and like I titled it "Freak Show" because obviously, like this yeah. whole shit with this Donald Trump being president is yeah. a complete freak show. Yeah, but like that particular piece, I definitely put meaning into, and it's mm -hmm. obvious what it is. Mm -hmm. But everything else, like I would say, probably like ninety percent of the classes I make have no particular meaning that I put into it. Mm. Maybe it's your subconscious is speaking. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I make collages based on color, shape, and the feel that I get from each individual piece. Yeah. Like if it, if one piece is relative to another, I'll put them together but try to put other images around it that will make them go together. Mm. Yeah, so if you're in the L.A. area, that'll be Wednesday, October 16th. The space is called As We Dwell in Arts District slash Skid Row. Um, Dakar will be leading that for us. We'll do some like group activities, kind of connection building. 
and then we'll just jump right into it. And then if you want to catch him on October 25, he'll be opening a General Lee's all vinyl set. Yay. How do you, how can people follow the Dakari movement? Um, you can check out my website, which is dakariart.com, D-A-K-A-R-A-I-A-R-T.com. Um, my Instagram, DK1994. Also, my Instagram is uh, thisbrandusa. Um, fuck y'all, Mag. And Collage Night LA have like four or five different <laughs> Instagram accounts. <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter like a couple times a year, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think my Twitter handle is Dakari Akil, D A K A R A I A K I L. And yeah, is that all my social media? <laughs> you got your LinkedIn? Yes. <laughs> I haven't logged into LinkedIn since like 2010. Yeah. <laughs> have some crazy requests in there. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then last close out, or you can ask something after. Uh, you know, the values is courage, compassion, and wonder. How do you define those in your own life and how do you live those out in your life? Courage. Courage, I have to go back to me taking leaps right now and just like not being afraid to take those leaps. Um, I understand that I have a a very loving support system to where it's like I'll never fall too far. So I feel like I'm good with that and then I'm confident in my ability to to dig my way out of any hole somehow, some way. So for me, that's courage. What's the other one? Compassion and wonder. Compassion and wonder. Compassion is, I feel like, part of my person, my purpose of being. My name, Dakari, means child bringing happiness. And I feel like my, my purpose in life is to earn that name by doing exactly what that is, which involves compassion. Like, to bring happiness you have to have a level of compassion in your soul that's just there mm. for you to be able to to just like share throughout the whole world mm. um and then wonder um that also goes back to uh to the meaning of my name with the the child part though like wonder is a a, a big a big part of your childhood and like your your upbringing just like as a as a kid just like wondering exploring what life is i feel like i stay youthful by always wondering mm. so, yeah. Woo! Nice. <laughs> let's go yeah. you want courage compassion wonder just say dakari it's all in there <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, my name is yeah. <laughs> that's crazy what's the heritage of the name swahili swahili yeah yeah all right right back to Practicing for his vinyl set. Let's go. Let's go. We'll see y'all this month. All right, sweet. Oh, I think I've got it. Courage, compassion, and wonder. Courage, compassion, and wonder. Courage, compassion, wonder. Flow, mistakes, wonders. Love, growth. Courage, compassion, wonder. Flow, mistakes, wonders. Love, growth. This is the Ike's in your pocket. Let's get to work.